0: Greetings and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that's a sucker for a superpowered group of friends. I'm your host and guy who always wanted to be the Green Ranger, David Lloyd, and in this episode we have a spoiler-free discussion about the latest Adol Kristen title, Ease 9 Monstrum Knox. The experience can come off quite different depending on the platform and frame of mind you have going in, so we're gonna talk about what makes this game so great and the best way to enjoy it. Just as Adol and Dogie are always getting into trouble together, I'm joined by my partner in another GRPG adventure. Jordan rudick
1: we're not going to be partners for long if you take the Green Ranger because I want to be the Green Ranger. <laughs> didn't didn't every didn't everyone want to be the Green Ranger? Like it was so cool. J, I think the actor uh, Jason David Frank's like I don't I don't know what else he did after Power Rangers, but I think that that's certainly what people would know
0: him for. I think he just kept doing Power Rangers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe yeah, or, or going to conventions and you know no. uh answering questions about Power Rangers maybe, but not not to undersell him or something like that. It seems like a good guy, but um. Yeah, I was gonna. It's funny you bring up Superpower Group of Friends and Power Rangers because, like, every you know, everyone loves that character in a show, game, whatever, who comes in at the last minute and rescues everybody. Like, you know, the the chips are down. It seems like all hope is lost, and someone just comes in out of nowhere and like they, they always save the day. Yeah. And I feel like. That was basically Tommy's shtick on Power Rangers was always coming in at the end <laughs> when you know the Megazord is down or they, you know they're about to be destroyed by whatever uh, you know super powered kaiju kind of thing they're fighting, and then you know the in comes the Dragon sword or whatever whatever it was called, but yeah, good times, good times, almost almost as good uh, of times as uh, playing Ease Nine was.
0: Yeah, well, that's uh, We're not talking about Power Rangers for no reason. There's gonna be a. It'll all it'll all come together uh, when we start talking about it. But yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a fun game. <laughs> I had to uh, had to look some up, some names and stuff because uh, it's been since February. I've been itching to talk about this one for a while because uh, mm-hmm. I played it back when that came out on. I guess I played it on the PS5 back in February and. Uh, yeah, 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 and it's it's funny to hear about the. We'll, we will get into it when we we talk about the. the the struggles that it had on the switch and it wasn't without its struggles Mm on the ps5 so
1: yeah that's a funny thing that it's maybe i don't know if it's the game just for whatever reason there wasn't enough q a that went on or you know they were maybe just pushing pushing the limits of whatever console it was uh playing on too far i don't know like it's a great game but uh performance you know across every platform seemed to be something that uh Uh, Was to be desired, so uh, yeah, we'll talk more about performance. But I think I think we can we both agree it was a very good game. I'm I'm very envious of you who uh, reviewed the game for the Thirsty Mage (laughs) and had uh, probably ten times as much
0: oh, uh, yeah, I had a long uh, time (laughs) leeway
1: to review the game as I did. Like I I think I I had to cram it into a weekend, whereas I know you had multiple weeks. So uh, that's the kind of treatment I would like from now. And I oh man, there's something uh, we can talk about this a little bit too. Like the the idea of like. If you have to rush through a game like this, like how does that shape your experience? Versus, if you have, if you're if you're playing it for review or you're playing it a little bit more leisurely because you don't have a ton of games to get to, it's a quiet time, whatever. Um, how that really, you know, alters your enjoyment of the game, um, the kind of the, the way you go through it, the and maybe the way you're paying attention to smaller details, or you know, trying to be more of a completionist. I know if I have more time to play a game like I've been playing Yakuza like a Dragon uh, which I mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago uh we'll we'll, we'll talk about it again uh, in the in the last call here but I've been playing that game like just not not for review or anything just just on my own time like and I didn't have a ton of big review games uh after that I, I think funny enough I think I started yeah because uh, after uh, I finished Ease, and it was maybe the reaction to rushing through a game was I I'm not I'm totally going to take my time with the next one because yeah playing a trying to play a twenty to forty hour RPG over a span of three or four nights is probably not healthy you don't want to do that <laughs> no. very often but it's also yeah it just it 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 makes it difficult to um, enjoy the game the same way that you might
0: otherwise yeah I definitely agree with you there like without the guaranteed knowledge of having like a few weeks in advance to review the game or even just I don't know even just saying to yourself like okay you know it's going to take as long as it takes like it's definitely changed uh, my whole perspective on a lot of games like especially like in the last few years like I I was actually doing a tally the other day and I think I've reviewed about 140 or 150 games something like that over the last Mm -hmm. 3 or 4 years but in 2021 yeah. I think I've reviewed like two because mm-hmm. like my enjoyment level is just spiked for for you know when I'm just playing on my own time so it's uh, it's been a quite a revelation and it's it's uh, been one of my better years for RPGs just with uh, being able to soak them all in and enjoy them as I go.
1: And you've been you've been mixing it up right like you've been playing some new stuff, some re-releases, some uh some games that people have recommended to us you yep. know or, or games for the podcast like a good mix of of games, like for me, it's really been games from the last twelve months that the, those are the only ones I've really had a chance to play. Like, yeah, because it came out a little bit a little bit ago, last end of last year, I played that, uh, and then it's been a lot of review games. I'm, I've just started Thirteen Sentinels uh, last night, so you know, hopefully, we'll do an episode on that in the near future. Uh, but yeah, I haven't had a chance to really go back and play a ton of uh, older games or, or re-releases necessarily, um, but. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, but we, we should we should get on with it. Like there, there's a lot to talk about. It's obviously a, a huge game and um we we I, we, I think we have both got uh, a lot of ideas with this one. So.
0: Yeah. Well, we uh, we teased it earlier, but uh, you found some new Oreo flavors that you're just uh, dying to share with us.
1: I did. Yeah. So this is a not not a regular occurrence for anyone uh, <laughs> looking forward to that happening. It may maybe next year, but um yeah, just a one-off here. Uh the Uh, The circumstances of uh, my getting the Oreos are a little uh, interesting. So um, we had a joint birthday party for my kids. They're two two and four now, um, but their birthdays are basically two weeks apart. So we just kind of combined the birthdays and made it into an opportunity to just invite a ton of our ton of our friends, you know, family, friends, family, um, just everyone get together at the park. Uh, And so you know, we we knew a lot of people were bringing gifts for the kids, and we're already kind of like. We're already running out of space here. So we didn't need any more gifts. So a friend of mine is just like, okay, I want to bring something. I want to get you guys something. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, he had also told me about this new market uh, that does a lot of um, – so they have a storefront in Vancouver, and they they import a lot of, like, American uh, or overseas uh, cereals, cookies, snacks, uh, uh, soft drinks, all that kind of stuff. And so he he said, "Okay, you know, next time I go, I'm gonna get you some Oreos from there." And I, because I, so I, I kind of parlayed the birthday into some Oreos. I'm like, "Okay, my kids like Oreos. I'm probably gonna share it with them anyway." So you want to get something for the kids, and you have know, two birds with one stone. I can try a new flavor of Oreos. So, uh, long story short, he got the s'mores oreos so uh you know they're going to have the uh kind of graham cracker type cookie uh chocolate filling with also uh, a a part of the filling being marshmallow i i was excited to try a new flavor Uh, it's been a long time since uh, a long time in oreo years for trying a new flavor And yeah, the s'mores one just did not, uh, didn't do it for me. Um, (laughs) if, if it were, if I were going to, I'll talk more about the flavor in a sec, but if I were going to rank it, it's probably in my bottom five. Like I just didn't, I didn't really didn't really care for it. I I'm not I'm not the biggest s'mores fan to begin with. I think they're fine. Like I I think there are I I like some things that are s'mores flavored. I, I mean, I'm not the biggest s'mores fan to begin with, but like I I, I do I do like it. Like it's uh, it's fine. Uh but yeah, the, this this one doesn't really feel it didn't really taste like a s'more. Um you know, the the whole campfire, the the smokiness, the the melted chocolate, the the, the I feel like the marshmallow plays a huge part in the s'more dessert. But in the Oreo, the s'more, there's the, uh, in the Oreo, the marshmallow, is so, it's such a thin, thin slice. It's almost kind of just swallowed up by the chocolate filling. Uh, so you don't really get a lot of that marshmallow. So I think the, the balance is off. The cookie didn't have a lot of flavor. Um, I didn't really get graham cracker out of it. It just kind of tasted like a regular biscuit. Um, the chocolate part was fine. But yeah, it, um, whether eating the cookie kind of all together or kind of breaking it into parts, uh, neither, uh, I didn't find either way very satisfying. So not one I would recommend, you know, I suppose if you're a huge, huge s'mores fan, you, you know, you think about them every day, they're, they're God's gift to humanity. Uh, okay, fine, try it just to see if that if it sparks that kind of like interest for you. But for me, it's not a flavor I would ever get again. Um, and I, truthfully, I I, I only eat a, probably only ate three to five of them uh, by, the, and then I was kind of finished with them. I just wanted to uh, choke them down for the sake of the <laughs> podcast and everyone uh, waiting to hear the review. But yeah, s'mores—that's uh, definitely a miss for me uh, in the in the Oreo department.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. But it, it's just like a video game review. Sometimes you you get uh, a s'more, and then you know, sometimes you get your peanut butter cup. You know. That's right. Yeah,
1: the, I guess for me it'd be the Brookio. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, this was the the s'mores was definitely not definitely nowhere close to the Brookio. Like I I I like the idea of like the filling having two flavors in it. I think that's really cool. But the balance there's got to be really important, or you're just going to get too much, and mm-hmm. you just get too much of the kind of the plain chocolate filling. And yeah, that that part is fine, but just, it doesn't doesn't speak uh, s'mores to me. I just don't I don't get that out of it. So,
0: well, back to the drawing board, for Oreo. Oh, they're gonna have to. Go back and fix yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm sure it won't be you know too long. At some point, we'll we'll. I have to stop at this market anyways and just see what kind of stuff they have. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe maybe in September we'll do one. But uh, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the next one for sure.
0: Yeah, that's great. I uh, so I myself I, I went back to uh, my hometown to see my parents for the first time in a year. <laughs> so, mm. um, but uh, they also happen to have one of my favorite breweries in in that town. And so I dropped by the brewery, uh, Havens Brewing Company, and. I was looking at their selection and trying to decide between all the beers, you know, what I was going to pick. And the person working there said, well, we actually have this box down here that has everything in it, that like every flavor that we, we have available right now in this in this box. And I'm like, hmm, I will take that box. So I, I walked away from there with uh, either two or one can of every single flavor they have, which is about nice. 10 or 12, something like that, I think. And uh, I started the I started with the first one is called the Krabby Abbey Ale. So this one is mm-hmm. a, it's a blonde Belgian ale, but it has um, a sourness to it that almost makes it taste like a sour ale. It's 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 close. So it, it has like this little reminiscence of a crab apple kind of tart flavor to it. So it's mm-hmm. uh, I actually enjoy this because it's, it takes that Belgian ale which is usually good for drinking, but kinda gives it that, that sour ale you could you could easily drink it and think you're drinking a sour ale, so it it uh-huh. d- does a nice blend there. So uh, definitely uh, definitely worth it. And uh, for an Ontario beer, it's still pretty high percentage rate. It's at seven percent. So uh, nice, yeah. So thumbs up. That's a that's a pretty cool that's a pretty
1: cool pack. Like I feel like you know you get a variety pack. It's usually maybe four different ones, sometimes six, but never like you know ten or more. Like that seems like a, a pretty good way to go if you really like a brewery. And you want to try everything they have uh, to maybe find out which one's your favorite. I mean that. Well, <laughs> what we have to do is we need to turn this into a ranking. You know, you got to if this is one of your favorite beers. breweries, you got to you got to go through all ten. You know, preferably on one episode, and then yeah. uh, you go through the go through the ranking there. I don't know where where what was this one called? You said in, uh, uh, at Crabby Abbey. Yeah, Krabby Abbey. It's a pretty good name. Where do you think that would slot in? I Obviously, well, you've pretty... only had the the one so far, but
0: yeah. Well, I've I've had a few other beer before, so um. Right, and they do have a true sour ale, which I still think I prefer. So this would probably, be... I'd probably put it second on the list so far because I've had right. the sour ale, I've had a Keller beer, um, a Dunkelweizen, and this one. So I, yeah, I would probably put this number two. So there is still a bunch
1: in that pack that you haven't tried before. So that's pretty oh, neat, right? Like yeah. you don't you don't feel compelled to buy a four a six or a 12 pack of something that you might you might not prefer you might not like as much here you get to sample it and then whichever ones you like when you go back you can grab more
0: yeah so uh i guess I'll just as a little preview i know they have a czech pilsner they have a regular blonde and amber uh they have a, a schwarz beer a block black lager um high belgian pale ale so yeah there's a there's a bunch coming up so. to the, the topic of the night which is the Eves 9 monstrum knock so this is a game yeah like i said i played it on the ps5 version back in february and jordan just recently uh reviewed it for uh nwr for the nintendo mm-hmm. switch version and uh yeah maybe jordan if you want to kick off uh i i we, we just talked about how you had to uh, really uh, guzzle this one down in about a 48 hour period so even even with, my, even with my, the my rush, like what 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 were your impressions? I guess they're still pretty. My well.
1: my, my impressions became my <laughs> review, right? Yeah. Like impressions normally you get to you get to sit on them a little bit and contemplate, but there was no contemplating. It was just like I'm playing the whole time, not even really thinking about you through the game, like whether I'm really liking this or what parts I'm liking. I had to kind of do that all at the end, so it was kind of funny like that. But yeah, uh, you know, definitely positive impressions. You know, I when I, when I booted up the game, it felt very familiar. Uh, I'd already played the the demo on PS5 so i knew a little i knew that it was going to be a game i liked i one of the things you know the kind of from my demo impressions was like the the verticality to the the dungeons and the the exploration like you are you're not just kind of on on a, on a ground walking you know um, kind of the the 2d plane so to speak like you are you know you you're going to higher points in the city you're looking down you're scaling walls you're going all over the place so i think that's one thing that really struck me about the game is the the movement the exploration it, it all feels very fluid um i think the camera is a little finicky i didn't i didn't love the camera and i think when you have a game like this that plays with horizontal and vertical movement and spaces, I think you really do want a sophisticated camera. This one felt kind of janky to me, uh, but that—that's you know that—that's a, a minor knock against it. I, I still really enjoyed the um, one of the, I think the third uh, get, they're called Monstrum Gifts. The the movement abilities you get the second or third one is uh, go, you can glide basically, and yeah. it, it feels really satisfying. You move really fast, and you can you can get out of the dive or whatever the glide, whatever. Um, but yeah, a lot, the movement just feels good all all the different um, movement additions or abilities that you get throughout the game they all feel good they all feel interesting um, I suppose by the end it feels a little maybe a little shoehorned in but um, it was still fun like getting a new technique or a new way to traverse the environment and seeing how the dungeons would make you use that so that, that was really cool um, the The combat's still really, really fun, like I think that's the best part of the ease games is the combat um It's just so fast and frenetic, and you know you you constantly feel like you're you have a button to press or something to do, a place to move to uh um an opponent's attack to dodge uh the bosses have like huge huge life meters they you know they're kind of screen filling bosses for the most part. Yeah, I, I I like a lot about this game. I I, I didn't like the Switch performance, obviously. Like I, I do feel like if I went back and played it on PS5, I, I probably would have had stronger impressions. But it's a very good ease game, and the, I guess the thing that's hard to do is it's hard to not compare it to Ease Eight. Because they are very similar, right? The combat's similar, the 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 base building, town building thing is very similar. The way you're kind of recruiting party members and stuff. Um, the setting is obviously different. We'll talk more about that soon. But um, yeah, I think when you, if you if you've played Ease Eight and then you come off playing Ease Nine, you're, you're automatically going to compare the two. And I think I like Ease Eight a little bit better. Uh, I think it's a fantastic game. Um, and m- maybe that is to do with the setting and just the the the. Balduke, Bal which is the the city setting of East East Nine, does feel a little stifling. It does feel a little bit drab um, compared to the lush island paradise of uh, uh, I don't I, I, I don't Castle oh, Village. I don't know where the mm-hmm. uh, Siren. Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, definitely some comparisons we've made there, but a very very strong Ease game nonetheless, and definitely worth playing.
0: Yeah. So for me, this was my first. Well, I, I suppose I played Ease Origin, but so I'll say this is my first Adel Christian game. Uh, or was anyway? Yeah. I've I've actually started easy, or about halfway through easy, it I think. So uh, I'll be able to have a discussion with you about that uh, comparison a little mm-hmm. bit after. But uh, yeah, my initial impressions were uh, incredible. Like I, I was actually surprised by uh, just how fluid the combat was. Like you said, uh, when you hit those dodge attacks, and then it puts you into this like little mini turbo th- spot where you get like this. Yeah. Um, where everything else kind of slows down, and you're running around real quick, like just hitting those every time just felt really good. And uh, comboing uh, the monster powers, and just uh, and then laying out like the as as you build up your meter, and then you let loose like the special attack, and just mm-hmm. uh, wreck like <laughs> dozens of monsters at once. It yeah, just feels really satisfying. good. Yeah. Uh, so really love the combat. Um, I was quite surprised that the monster powers. Uh, were so as useful as they were because usually, like, a lot of times you see in games like this where you're kind of uh, building up, or you're getting powers along the way, usually what happens is, is, like, you get the power, you use it for some, for something, like, there, you know, whether it's to get to a previously inaccessible area or to yeah. defeat a, uh, a specific opponent or something like that. What you, what you often find is that previous powers seem to get lost or forgotten as the game goes on, and I was very mm-hmm. surprised that all the powers just continue to be useful right up until the end of the game. And yeah. like you said, the using the, like the verticality of the dungeons and and the city uh, especially, uh, like it feels great re- using like the the one monster in power where you're running, you're literally running up the side of a building, so you can just run yeah. right up to the top of buildings and then. Uh, you know, jump off and float down to wherever you want to go. And, and yes, uh, I, I get the, um, the comparison of like the city being a little bit maybe drab compared to like the Island setting. Um, But Mm -hmm. the thing, one of the things that I liked about the city itself was that it's completely open. Like there was never a point where like, you know, where my, progression like there was nothing holding me back if i wanted to go anywhere i could go anywhere and there it was actually um like they motivate you to do that too with having like things like hidden away like treasure chests and uh, graffiti and 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 having different like things to find within the city and and really going to like these out-of-the-way areas where you know there's really no reason to go down there other than you know to check for a hidden hidden collectible to you know build up your 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 meter or your percentages or your your achievements or, what, or whatnot and then the they're finding the landscape like there's uh i think there was oh memory's not working right now 15 or so landmarks that you're spo- that to find where there's like yeah. these beautiful vistas that like i remember one was like a crystal cave and then another was like a waterfall Uh, So they do have some beautiful areas kind of in and about that uh, you're motivated to find. So it's uh, it's pretty nice. It's funny because starting with nine and then going back to eight, I think I like nine better just because the I guess to be fair, I haven't finished eight. I'm probably halfway through, but. So far, uh, I would still choose nine over eight, just because the uh, I like the dynamic a little bit better between the characters. Like there was, there seems to be a lot more French like friendship building. Like the the yep. the characters feel closer to each other in nine than they do in eight. Like in eight, they seem like they're all kind of band banding together for a common purpose, but there isn't that like bonds that are being built like yeah, that I nine has. Yep, yep. And then the um, and then just the fact that like I said the. I can go wherever I want nine where eight is kind of like all of these interconnected areas where it's like, there's an entrance and an exit to every single part. And you have to like, mm-hmm. to go to the next, the next area. I got to go to the exit and I can't just freewheel it.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. And I, I think you're right about the relationships with the characters, like, cause they're all confined within this tavern and the, the tavern almost kind of takes on a life of its own. Whereas in, in Ease 8 and Castaway Village, like everyone has their own role and you really only talk to people if you have something you have something you want from them like to do with their role, right? like yeah. if you talk to the person making potions, it's just about making potions you know or, or this the person who upgrades your swords or your armor. it's just about that it's you're not really talking about anything else to do with them. So I think in Ease Nine, there's a, a more of a sense of like just can kind of these side characters and they don't have, it's not, they're, they're more than their job. They're more than just the role they play in the game. They are actually a, a character who is your friend, who you care about, who maybe you want to do side quests for or whatever. It's not just for the purpose of, you know, making you a stronger character or something like that. So I, I, I can appreciate that aspect for sure.
0: Yeah, well, even like each chapter is dedicated to a monstrum. And it's basically yes. like Adol meets, you know, meets the monstrum, or or strikes up this relationship with the new monstrum each chapter, and you can see like from the beginning of the chapter where there's like some trepidation of like, you know, whether they'll be friends or whether they trust you or whatnot. Like it's different for each of them, but by the end of the chapter, like you build this bond with with that that monstrum, and all of a sudden like they're part of the group, and, and like you said, they're all kind of they use the the pub which. Uh, it couldn't be a more perfect uh, setting, really, uh, for yeah. for you know as a kind of a base of operations, yes. yeah. where you know the monster, you, you know chapter begins, and they don't really want to work with you, or they, they there's something going on, and then you work through, like they like they're all kind of broken in a certain way, and and by the end of the chapter, you, you have them feeling good about themselves, the the something's result, the, their challenge has been resolved, and now they're kind of helping you help everyone else, and and mm-hmm. it just like. Just going through that is just—it's it's a terrific story. Like it's—they're—they're they're building these very deep characters uh, with yeah. personalities and lives. Of the, like it's just—I uh, think they did a, a great job writing um, all of these different characters and making you feel for mm-hmm. them.
1: Yep, I agree. I mean, I guess we are kind of, we are, we have kind of moved into the the strengths category here for sure. And yeah, I think the story is, it is a highlight. It is one you want to see through to the end. Like there's kind of a central mystery uh, at its core, which is the Balduk prison. You want to, you want to figure out what's happening there. Um, they, the game plays with time, kind of time frames or time manipulations, and that can be a little bit confusing until you figure out what's going on. I, I think it's early enough on in the game where it it does feel like there are two Adols, like you're playing like a, an Adol in the past, an Adol in the present or future, and that is, is definitely something interesting. And I think it, it works itself out by the end, like it gets interesting by the end. But that, I did find that kind of confusing or a little bit jarring. Like, why do I keep going back to Adol without all his powers? Like this, yeah. <laughs> this kind of this weakened Adol, you're running through the prison. Do I really need to collect items here, or you know, or um, do it, you know? I don't know if he, I don't even know if he acquires experience. But like, do I feel like I, need to yeah, I don't think so. This this past Adol or not? Like, what what is actually happening here? But it's almost yeah, like it's an, an intermission.
0: Like, I I found those. Mm, it it yeah. was like a break. It was like, okay, you are done the chapter. We're just gonna take this little break where there's nothing. Like, there's nothing really. Like the combat was minuscule in, in those sections. Yes, sure. Like there, it was really mo- like just kind of a pause. To kind of build up like you said this this like uh, wonderment of like what's going on in this other like oh, mm-hmm. clearly there's two eagles what's going on and it, it's this slow yeah. build up uh, to the end but it was it, it really felt more like you know let's take a break before the next chapter
1: yeah, that makes sense. I feel like games that are chapter-based, we often see something like this where there's a little bit of an intermission or kind of just a, just a, a break in between the start or the, the the start of the next chapter after finishing one. So you're waiting for that, that title card to pop up with, you know, chapter 2, chapter 4, whatever, uh and you get to play one of these 80 sections before that. I think it's also um showing another side of the prison or, you know, letting you meet some of the people meet more of the people in the prison yeah, to Trying to unravel stuff. that mystery from yeah. that side, yeah. You're trying to figure out the backstory of the prison, pretty much from from those ones. I think, and then, like I said, it does all come together in a in a fairly satisfying way in in the final
0: chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we touched on it a little bit, but uh, the combat is definitely a highlight uh, for me. It's uh, yeah. it's funny that uh, I've always always been a more of a turn based guy, and all of a sudden, like in the past couple of years, I've really been enjoying these uh, action RPGs. And this one has like it it has its own i don't know like i said like this is the first Eves i've played but it just has a this different feeling where it it feels like everything's kind of chaotic and, and that you can it doesn't seem like there's much to it like it it can feel very button mashy but then yeah. when you realize that like when you actually start nailing those combos and nailing the dodging like the power dodging and the and the or the blocking i guess the block dodge and the 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 real dodge or whatever and you kind of get boosted for both and, and you start placing it all together it you you can see that there's a lot of a, a lot of thought went into the design and and that it all like it, it, it you always feel like you're almost about to lose control but the, but then you you just the way that all the button pressing like it, it just feels precise i guess like chaotic and precise mm-hmm. at the same time
1: yeah, I don't know if anyone else uh, or you, David, are feeling like um, the uh, what do you call it? like bullet time, like when when the time slows down, like when, when you activate something uh, or you pull off a move such that time slows down. I don't know if anyone's getting bored of that, but I'm not. Like I, no. I, I love that Vicky. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love the idea of being rewarded not just for not not just rewarded with um, avoiding a hit, but you're avoid you you are further incentivized to dodge and to parry by giving, it gives you that window to do extra damage, right? Yeah. And it's just so cool that everything around you slows down and you you kind of feel like you're sped up a bit. And then you can, you can use like your super move there or when you've just your regular special attacks or whatever. Um, I like that your special attacks get stronger as you use them. Like you're, again, rewarded for maybe picking a few moves and kind of like using those a little bit more. Um, you do learn m- new moves that you can assign to the face buttons as you go. So, you know, if you want to try some new moves, they're a little bit more um, maybe damage heavy, or they take up a little bit more stamina or t- more of your mana meter when you use them, you could do that. So, you do have a lot of flexibility in how you play this game. Uh, I don't. I don't like to switch too much between the other characters. I know you. You will have to do that a little bit um, to um, counter certain enemy weaknesses. But yeah. um, for the most part, I, I'm sticking with Adol and kind of just powering my way through. Um, I, I guess that's part of that is just trying to finish a game for review, doing it quickly. But I also just get really attached to kind of figuring out how to use one character really, really well. And by the time I've gotten my sixth character, I'm kind of like, eh. Like, do I really want to figure someone else out? um i think the fifth character uh kind of the, the heavy attacker i don't i don't remember her oh, name uh, Ufa? Uh, Char yeah she's the charging bull um yep. she's got this big hammer and i liked using her moves. she's got some really yeah. good uh really strong uh, uh kind of special attacks. so I, I did like using her as well when she joined the party but it was pretty much just adol and her and then on occasion i would use uh, I, I don't know if it was hawk who had the other type of attack or it might have been um uh the one before hawk Um uh,
0: Oh, uh, Cresha, 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 maybe, Yeah. The I, white cat. Kind of
1: <laughs> see, I only, I'm only trying to remember their, uh, their Monstrum names, but at yeah. any rate, yeah, I think she, she kind of just used her fist or like claws on her fist. So she, you had to use her a little bit too, but and, yeah, if I didn't have to switch to eliminate an enemy through their weakness, I was using Adol and then a little bit of, uh, Uffa as well, so yeah, but, but I like the characters. I like the, just the freedom in the combat, the way you can kind of tailor it to your own. Uh, you play it however you want. It's nice. Uh, I think so what makes it fun is that you don't feel shoehorned into a particular style or using a particular character. You can really do whatever you like. So uh, yeah, the, the combat's a ton of fun. And I think that that's probably, again, I said, I said it's my favorite part of Ease. It's my favorite part of this game for sure. Um, and it's probably what would get me to play... More ease games. If they changed the way this combat is, and, and you know maybe went away from the style, I think that would be uh, maybe dangerous. Like I think there are other things they could tweak, but I think I'd love to see the combat stay the same. I think it's really great. Uh, but
0: we'll we'll talk a little bit more of that later. Yeah, I um, for me, I I Adol was definitely the highlight for me. I, he just seemed mm-hmm. balanced enough where he was he was quick and powerful at the same time. And yeah. like you said, yeah, you're using him quite a bit so you get used to like the attack moves and his special move um, would just like decimate anyone on the screen So <laughs> it was definitely like mm-hmm. even even if I switched to someone else I usually would switch back to him uh, on, once it's charged up uh, to use that special yep. um, but I, I did enjoy that each of the characters did have a different feeling to it like using the white cat felt different from Adol like white cat was very much about speed even though like the attacks maybe weren't hitting as hard but I felt like yeah. I was just like jumping all over the place <laughs> and I was like Yeah, she's so fast. Yeah. She's so fast. Yeah, it's crazy. And then uh it, it's hard not like not to like hawk too because he's just like the 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 attitude of just like busting up everything. Like he was very he was always ready for a fight uh, even if maybe he yeah. shouldn't have been. Um so and and it, he, he kind of like had the his his attacks were more rage based. Like it seemed like he was for like sure. going for the big hits all the time and yeah, I, I mean, Doll and Renegade, I I didn't really use as much. I don't, but I definitely used Raging Bull when, when, when she joined the party because even like her monster ability, the the hammer, like it was the point of it was to destroy like obstacles that were blocking like you know entrances or exits or whatever to different places. But mm-hmm. you could also use it to attack enemies, so that made it even better. So. And when and when you get her,
1: they I, I felt like this more than some of the other characters. When you get her, you have to use her power a lot. Yeah, like they I'd say like of the final three characters you get, you definitely make the most use of her power. Um, even over the the, the initial three characters, I just felt like a lot of the second half of the game is set up to you to have to have her be a constant member in your party. I it felt like that way to me, and so so I liked her for that reason. I thought I thought her story or kind of like her. Uh, the relationship she had with uh, the other characters in the game, and she's got, um, I, I guess it's her two or, or two or three younger siblings that she kind of looks out for. Mm. Like that was pretty endearing too. So she had she had a good story, and I, I like playing the characters that have a good story because I feel like um, that I'm getting to know them a little bit better if they're in my party more. So there's something, it's something about that for me as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's there's definitely a, like a bias of having characters early on and seeing, because like even with um, you know White Cat, you get her, you, yeah. you, she's obviously the first one. But then she's also in with all the other ones, and seeing the interactions yeah. with with the other characters like just endears you even more. Like it, it was almost Definitely. the same. This had the same thing with like Persona Five, where usually my favorite characters are the ones you get like early, <laughs> and then Yes. and yes. then by the t- by the time you get um, Haru, like even you know she's not even in the game all that much by the, the end, so you're you don't mm-hmm. get to develop those bonds. So it's. Uh, like, obviously, someone has to go first, someone has to go last, but <laughs> it's, it's too bad.
1: I mean, that, that's a tricky thing. If you're if you're a game developer, like, how do you do that? How do you make the characters that join your party late, how do you make them worthwhile to have as an as an ally in your party, like, to actually use them to fight? And then how do you make their story worthwhile when you've already spent so many hours with other characters? What do you have? You, you almost have to do something... Unique or different to get them to kind of gravitate towards you or to get players to gravitate towards them a little bit. I I don't know that. Enough of that happens with Jules, uh, Renegade. The last, the last character who joins you. Um, I think there are some interesting things with his story, but he was definitely the one that I, I cared the least about, just because I I feel like he wasn't part of the game for, yeah. for most of the time. You know, mm. he was kind of like always overshadowed by Hawk, especially who's very you know braggadocious and you know, he's got a big personality, right? And and even the other ones just had felt more endearing stories. So. Uh, his, the funny thing is like he, his character does have a very kind of <laughs> integral story, I guess, to the, to the game as you, as you end up finding out, but yeah, I, and and doll, she's not real. <laughs> she's, not, she's not a human. So it's a little bit harder to, uh, maybe sympathize empathize with her situation as well. Um, but yeah it's it, it's a good cast though i i think i I liked some of the side characters maybe even more than the party members like I really liked um obviously you like dogie I like I can't remember the the guy who runs the bar um what is his name? oh right Yeah, very very flamboyant fellow. Yeah. I feel like he was some of these guys were in the some of these characters were in the previous game too, or at least. The the names were I feel like I, I, I don't you I mean you haven't finished these eight yet but I think yeah. some of these characters either reappear or like they're they're the same kind of look even if it's a different name or something like that.
0: Oh yeah, I wish oh, I could remember his name.
1: Is it Sh- is it Shante?
0: Yes, that's it. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked how. He would always kind of come to your defense, like, or he would always like um, you just show up in the bar and be totally on your side. You know, hey, can I make you a drink? Can I make you some food? Uh, But just would be in so many cutscenes in in the in the bar, like just very very present in the game. So I so I definitely liked him.
0: Well, even like he was even in scenes outside. Like he was in a lot of cutscenes outside. Just it's funny because I think there's a couple scenes where because I mean part of the game is that the. Um, you know, I guess this is where we can kind of uh, make this the the correlation with Power Rangers is that, like, when yeah. you first get to um, Balduke, the so the the Monstrums all have like secret identities, like they 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 have their names like White Cat and Hawk and um, Renegade, uh, but basically like the their powers are activated, like they're not always those people; they're kind of just walking around regular people, and mm-hmm. so you have this party of uh, six, I guess, by the end, and. Um, there's there's fun. I remember a couple of the scenes later in the game where they're you know the the party members are they know the, the you know that you start the game you don't know who like the, the party members don't know who each other are and then eventually yeah. you know they're they're discovering each other's secret identities and that's part of the chapters is, is this kind of build up and uh, when the party kind of when there's most of them there there's this one scene where they're they almost like give away that they're Monstrums, and then Shante right, kind of right. just you know takes takes uh you know sees the situation playing out and just uh, you know handles it and everyone's yeah, like oh okay crazy. like so it's like he he seems like a, an anchor almost like it just like uh mm-hmm. you know he's running the bar he's you know takes this this essentially the bar was just an empty building and uh and you know he knows that they need a base so he just you know gets the ownership gets the bar running all of a sudden like it he just seems like the one of the most important characters in the game
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that that everything would fall apart if he wasn't there like that kind of type like not like more than a handler but also just kind of like a a facilitator of of the barn of the whole the whole story i suppose yeah that's great yeah maybe we could move into some of the shortcomings because i know that you know, whatever version of the game people played and that we played uh, there were definitely some some issues not just performance wise but i think you know there, there are things that in the game that we didn't enjoy for sure um david can you why don't you tell people a little bit more about playing like playing it on ps5 and just how how the performance was there like th- through the, the the 30 plus hours you spent with it
0: Yeah, like, so performance-wise, I I didn't have any... The only complaint I had performance-wise, and these may have been addressed since February, I haven't played since then, and I know there have been some patches, so I'm sure there's been some fixes, but uh, one of the problems I had was that when I first started playing Ease Nine, I was playing in 4K mode, and uh, what would happen is is that there... Sometimes in the cutscenes, like, um, there's these these uh, great big battles in, in the Grimwald Knox where there's like yep. all these enemies. And so you, you, you do this kind of wave battle where there's like five or six waves. And then what happens is it'll cut to a cut scene. And it seemed like almost every time I had one of those, the the transition from the battle to the cutscene, I would just get crashed to menu. And yeah. it was kind of driving me nuts. It was It was happening early on, mostly early on. And then what I ended up doing was switching the PS5 to uh, 1080p mode. And they pretty much stopped from there. So it could be one of those things where they were so focused on the PS4 version. And I don't think the PS5 was... Like, there wasn't a whole lot of them in the wild anyway at that point. Like, in February anyway. And so I don't know if if there was much... Maybe there was just something going on where just uh, you know, something between that w- some transition was catching something that that wasn't mm-hmm. happening so I, I can't say if it was working fine on the PS4 but that was pretty much the only problem I had like I there was never any slowdowns I never noticed any frame drops or anything like that mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know, it wasn't a huge like playing in 4K mode obviously is nicer <laughs> because it's yeah. a little bit more bright, a little bit more precise or whatever but uh, even in 1080p mode, it was it looked good. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah that that that's mainly the the thing. Well, and the only other thing that dri- that's drive been driving me nuts is that um one of the updates uh started downloading on the PS5 and it didn't. It just it crashed like the update crashed for some reason. And uh, there's been so it was like, you know, in my um in my notifications it says you know. EVE's 9 patch 1.01 uh, yeah. fails to download or whatever. And, and I can't delete it. I can't clear it. it. It It's this notification that will never go away. And we're already up to patch like 103. And I was yeah. actually able to download 103 and apply it, even though I, I haven't actually played it since then. But, but I have this notification stuck on my PS5 that will never leave. And it's driving me you nuts. Just,
1: you just don't. You don't. Between this and Demon Souls, you've had the worst luck with patches and downloading. Yeah. You know Downloading things to your to your. Console yeah, I need to see if Demon Souls uh,
0: ever fixed because that's that's something. Yeah. Like, there's been a couple PS5 updates to the operating system, so I'm hoping yeah, maybe that yeah. will solve the online thing. But yeah, just mm-hmm. a couple weird things. I, I suppose like a factory reset would probably be the best thing to do. But I'm just so. Afraid. Yeah. There's so much on there that I'm like at this point I don't want to like delete everything you know. I mean, it would take
1: you a week to yeah, just a week to re-download everything. So you need to wait. You need to wait for like when you're going on vacation or something for for uh, for a couple (laughs) weeks or something like that, and then just reset it, leave it leave it on to to do all the downloading. Then when you come back, it'll be okay. But. Um, what what I read about the game on ps4 is that the frame rate was inconsistent so oh, okay. uh, on ps5 it sounded like it was fairly steady uh, but on ps4 whatever kind of ps4 unit you had I, I, this isn't firsthand experience this is uh, anecdotal but um, yeah my understanding is that people were ha- seeing frame rates that were all over the place um, and so that and that's the same with switch so this the switch also had that maybe maybe ps4 pro was going in you know, between 30 and 60. Uh, but but just but altering there, but Switch was definitely going below 30. Some of the final boss battles were, were probably, would, at least it felt or, looked, felt or looked like single digits, but um, I didn't have the crashes that you did. I think I might have had one uh, during my playthrough, one or two, um, uh, so that wasn't a major issue for me. Uh, a lot of pop-in on the Switch version, um, mm. so, you, you know, uh, you, I, I, the characters would, would appear, you know, uh, only, if they, only as I got close to them, and I'm starting to see that, uh, maybe I'm noticing it more when playing Switch games, I see that pop in is just one of those things that maybe they don't optimize for. Like they, they don't, if they're choosing between a frame rate, or resolution, or pop in, like that—that that maybe that's something they don't care as much about. I don't—I don't know the you know how the nuts and bolts of it. So if it's if they're all kind of lumped together and you fix one thing, you fix the rest. I don't know, but um, that is something that I didn't notice a lot of here. Um, a couple other things. One was uh, odd lighting shifts. Like I'd be watching a cutscene and the light, the background lighting would just change. like oh, it, would, yeah. it would kind of <laughs> yes, change no. multiple times, yeah. and so uh, that was a funny thing to see as well. And then, um, not not a performance issue, but it's just something I didn't love about the presentation was how the text boxes where uh, all of the, the game text would go when you're watching a cutscene or whatever, um, the the black box where the text is displayed would stay even if there was no text in it. And I thought that was very, uh, just an odd choice because it would just stick on the screen. And I, I, I don't know if that happened on PS5, David, but it's just something that... that yeah, maybe that is just something for the Switch version, but um, yeah, it's just kind of sitting there and you, 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 you think more text is coming because the box is there. <laughs> and so you're looking at the box waiting for the next bit of text to arrive, especially if you're playing on, on without headphones or playing it on silent or something and then no text appears and you're just kind of left left hanging there and it's kind of just just kind of sitting there like this this kind of black translucent transparent blob and so uh, i didn't i didn't love that as a as a design choice if if it is one what about uh i mean you 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 i think you had more affinity for the for the city of balduke than i did maybe because it's it maybe because it was your first game and you maybe coming from ease nine and going back to ease eight, you know, you're gonna appreciate that first East setting a little bit more. Maybe it's just a setting you're you like more, David, the city settings. I'm I'm more of a I love an island setting. You know, give me an island, tropical paradise kind of thing, mountains, uh, beaches, stuff like that. I, I prefer those settings in games a little bit more than city dominated ones. So maybe that maybe that's a difference between us there. Yeah. While you leaned a little bit towards Balduk
0: instead. Well I think a lot of it had to do with just being free to go wherever I wanted. Like, I think if maybe the island allowed me to go kind of go anywhere, because like even even with the island, like you've got these, they felt like corridors. Like, yeah, because there there wasn't too many open areas. Like it'd be like a line, like even if there was some verticality to the to that particular area before you had to load in another area, like there Mm -hmm. was still only so much you could go. Like it was like a lane of like, okay, you can go this way or now you can go down if you go down this vine and it just felt very claustrophobic in Ease Eight, whereas in Ease Nine, yeah, um, you know, yeah, outside the city was pretty boring. I guess like there was, it was mostly just like fields, <laughs> and yeah, right. and the prison itself was like it was huge, but again, like I, I guess like the the corridors themselves didn't weren't all that. It was just like a lot of the a lot of monotony, I guess. And especially when you're underneath mm-hmm. and it's just kinda of like rock walls and stuff. So Yeah, I can I can see that. I guess there is definitely something to the the city and the forest. Like I, I do think um I enjoy kinda of like the villagey town areas more. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when like they let me like run on the roofs and, you know, drop onto people and stuff. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty fun. Or even I think one of my favorite was like going up the church tower and standing on the on like the the tip of the of the tower and, and kind of looking yeah, down yeah. and taking pictures and stuff, you know?
1: And I like how you're, you're rewarded for doing that. Cause a lot of those places, there'll be treasure chests up there. or there'll be landmarks that can become fast travel points. I think that's always really cool. Yeah. Um, I, it, rem- it reminded me a little bit of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I played, um, I guess last year, <laughs> time is a uh, i have no you know sense of time at all yeah. uh yeah so i played that last year and i haven't played a ton of assassin's creed games but what i like is going up high you know climbing up high however whatever means you do uh, to, to get up there and just looking down at a city or buildings or people down below that's always fun and then jumping down or flying down or whatever like it's a really satisfying thing to do in video games and yeah. so ease 9 unlike ease 8 gives you a really a really good kind of like I mean we talked about it, like traversal and movement just feeling good in this game the, the different ways that you have for going up and down as opposed to left and right and you know forward and back going up and down specifically feels good and so yeah I, I, I'm with you there I love going up to. I know the church you're talking about with that, with that very very steep tower and it's a little <laughs> tricky to get up there but once you do like you know you kind of feel like you've accomplished something and uh, yeah I, I did get that feeling sometimes playing Assassin's Creed and uh, it's the same thing like they, those are kind of like they, those become fast travel points as well and um in, in Valhalla what you would you would do like a sweeping panorama of the city it was a very, actually a really nice nice visual showcase of the ps5 hardware I think yeah um and so, so you know, you don't get that same thing with with uh with these nine but you can still look around yourself and see the whole city below and it does feel very grand and you feel like a very small part uh in in that large city so uh yeah Bald- Balduk's cool like I, I don't I don't really don't hold anything against it I do just maybe just prefer a more colorful scene that's all.
0: Yeah, I guess it's, it was the same thing for me with like Witcher Three, where yep. you know early on you're kind of in the more villagey, foresty areas, like at the beginning of the game, and then there's you end up in the big cities. And I just remember even playing that, being like, oh man, the the city, the city stuff is so much better than <laughs> when I'm like yeah. riding a horse out in the middle of nowhere and uh, traveling. Like I remember like the the first village he ends up to and. And then you like, you go and you, um, find there's that that, like Duke or count or whatever that's, that's in like Mm -hmm. that one area by himself, like the one little fort. So like you have to run down there and run back. And I was so happy when I like met Trist in the big city and, and started Mm -hmm. doing stuff there. And then, so it's, yeah, I guess like even just looking at past games, I, I definitely gravitate more towards the city stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Mm -hmm.
1: You've got a category here in the notes called Hallmarks. I guess, like, kind of, like, things we really... are Memorable parts of the game, things we would really take away, maybe.
0: Yeah, it, just the things that... Uh, it feels like Falcom just nails. Uh, yeah, like, one of yeah. the things we we kind of joked about was, like, the, the, the whole power friendship thing, like, with the, with the Power Rangers-esque, you know, friends getting together and conquering evil sort of thing. Yeah. And it just, again, like, uh, it wouldn't be an, an episode without a Legends of Heroes reference, but... It's the same thing, like across other games, like the Legend of Hero games are very much the same. Like it's these friends, you know, that are working together to accomplish a goal, to to overcome, you know, an obstacle or evil or a challenge or whatever. And yeah, there's this, you know, they have a lot of, uh, you know, someone coming in at the last moment to to save the day, and mm-hmm. it just never gets old for me. Like I, I don't, it's it's this weird thing where it's like, you know, I've seen it, especially in Legends of Heroes, where you're on like your ninth game and you know someone's coming like the the chips are so down and everyone's about to you know you think it's all over and you're like well somebody's coming who's it going to be it's just yeah. the thrill of of you know it, it come. It's it's like you know. I
1: mean, what a, what a twist it would be if no one did <laughs> show right. up. Right? I, I I suppose that's kind of how Cold Steel. Well, it, I think one of the Cold Steel games may uh, may deal with that the, the idea that, that no one actually does show up. You know, they actually do play around with that a bit. Yeah. Like the just because it's a, a you know a quadrilogy, like you have moments where the heroes do lose and they have to regroup, or or there isn't always someone to save them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the power of friendship, absolutely a key theme in a lot of these games. Um, you know, the, the relationship Relationship between uh, Adol and Dogi, obviously a very strong one. Like Dogi, he's you know your constant companion. He's always one of the first people you see when you start a new chapter. He's always kind of right there in the, um, I guess it's the underground, it's the basement part of the the pub, but it's always where you kind of respawn at the beginning of a new chapter, right? So you always kind of see him have a chance to talk to him.
0: Um, I love how the yeah, like, I, the other characters though they'll, they'll they'll complain about something about Adol's personality, and Dogi will be like, ah, that's right. just Adol.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's
0: like he, he's
1: already come to terms with all the bad parts of Adol's personality because yeah. he's had so many adventures with him. It, it does it does feel like yeah they they have this this love or this mutual respect for each other. You know, just because they've been through so much together. And I guess they, there's also the the awkwardness of it's it's I don't know exactly how all these games work and how they're all kind of divided into different books. But in theory, it's not the same Adol and Doge every time. Like it's yeah. <laughs> someone someone with more ease knowledge than me will will untangle this or, you know, hopefully can sort me out or something on, on Discord. But um my understanding is it's not the same Adol. It it is maybe an Adol in different if different, different timeline or something like that. And it's just always funny when Adol and Dogi talk about all their adventures together. And in this game, especially, they made reference to the the previous game, yeah, and I don't know that other ease games are so deliberate or so obvious.
0: I, I don't one, think so. It did, yeah,
1: it did feel it did feel like I, I, I I'm I they're the not existence. the same characters, but they acknowledged <laughs> yeah. they acknowledged adventures that were exactly the same as the as ease, as ease eight. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just it's it's weird and kind of funny to see how they kind of play around with this or mess around with players, uh, maybe. Uh, preconceived notions or their thoughts about who these characters are. I thought this yeah. game did a really kind of cool job of making you maybe question uh, which which ADOL is this or you know, is it the exact same one for the previous game? I don't know, yeah. but
0: yeah. Well, there was the like so the game starts off that way with like a you know the the characters in Balduke referencing an adventure that they had, but not like it, it's almost like a you know you know we're mad at you for doing this thing over here which is like from a previous game. But then in the end there was, uh, I guess we don't, I can't say too much because it's in spoiler territory, but something happens in the end of the game that directly references previous games as well. So it's, yeah, there was a lot, you know, the beginning and the ending. I don't, I don't know if there has been, like I said, I haven't played them. So I don't have direct knowledge, but I remember at Mm -hmm. the time hearing like, Oh, this is, this is new. Like this isn't something they usually do in the sense of like, whenever you play an ease game, it, it, you don't mm-hmm. need to have played other ones, but this one is—I believe—it's right, yeah. the first time they've they've referenced like previous stuff.
1: Yeah, man, it, it just makes me all, all of this talk of uh, you know the E's legacy just makes me wish more of these games would come out to your modern platforms. Like, I get—I guess you can get a bunch on Steam. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see I, more I of them, them. <laughs> on, on more of them on. PlayStation or yeah. or Switch, you know, is, is give me a chance, give more people a chance to get into them. But uh, yeah, I, I it's it's just a series that has kind of eluded me, but I've always kind of admired it from afar. Um, and uh, w- one of the things that I do like about it, and I, you know, especially very very catchy and easy and Ease nine as well as the music, like the music oh, is so good. The, yeah. the combat music is is some of the best I've ever heard. Like it's so upbeat, it gets you so pumped up, and it just matches the pacing and kind of tone of the combat so well. Yeah. Like it, it it's, it's kind of this it's a rock and roll but it's got like you know electric guitar feels a little bit jazzy as well. Like it it's it's just so fast paced and got a great rhythm to it. And I yeah, the the combat just gets you so into the zone for or the, the music gets you so into the zone for the combat. And I, I just I, maybe that's one reason why I really love the combat so much. It, it would feel repetitive if not for the music being so, uh, so, so fantastic. Yeah.
0: Well, you just you want to get into battles just to hear the music because it's it's that good. Yeah. And there's like and even with like those those high tempo, you know, battle themes. Like then they also have mm-hmm. I like you know at the beginning of the Grimwald knock battles they have like the foreboding music the, you know yeah, the it's yeah. like the slow buildup of like okay something you know, things are it to get nuts. But it's like this mm-hmm. slow buildup, and and then yeah, just it just goes all out once the battle starts go happening, and uh, yeah, yeah, and then even even the there's like some you know calm serenity places like when you find some of the landmarks and you and you kind of get yeah. that you know that slow relaxing music again. Like they, I don't the yeah. Falcom team, like the sound team for Falcom is is incredible. Yeah. Like they all, uh, of all the fall, like I haven't played a ton of Falcom games, uh, but. Every one that I've played always has a a banging uh, soundtrack.
1: Absolutely, it's it is it is a hallmark for sure. It is something you can look forward to. You know it's not going to let you down. It's going to. Yeah, again i don't know if these soundtracks are on spotify i wish they were no if they I, are if they are, I they would, are. If I looked at, yeah. even he's eight and he's nine okay that's great i, I gotta yeah. there's just so much on spotify and they, from day to day you can't think of like okay what music do i want to look up today but I, I will i'm gonna have a look at that yeah. tonight actually I think it, so that's great i
0: think the i think the it's all in japanese if i recall Okay. but it's definitely there i just think it's all under yeah, its that, japanese stuff so but I don't
1: you, mind. I, I would. I would just start the soundtrack from the beginning and listen all the way through, anyways. And then <laughs> okay. you, you, you just you just go ahead and like or favorite a couple of the, the the ones you really want to listen to again. But yeah, really really good soundtrack. Um, you mentioned uh, past era feeling graphics, like older kind of style graphics. And I agree with you. And I think you know, obviously that problem is exacerbated on the Switch. But yeah, the the games they do especially like the backgrounds, the characters, some of the characters look pretty good. There's a little, kind of an anime style to them, uh, almost not cell shading but just, yeah, it feels a little bit cartoony, I guess. I, I, I wonder if that's just a, the way they've been doing these kind of HD games like that. That's how they want to proceed. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, oh, thank you for <laughs> yeah. sharing the, the Spotify. Yep. Playlist with thank you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because people joke like it's like this PS3 era and I'm like, eh. like I, I see, I get that. Like, but uh, Falcom, I think maybe it's just the the way that because the, they're reusing the the same engine and the same and a lot of assets mm-hmm. from like previous games and stuff like that. That's one of the things I've noticed in like Legends, the Heroes, is that a lot of yeah. they're using a lot of the same scenery, which I I think part of it allows them to make the game quicker. Which I, I you know I'm not going to complain about, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's... You know, I, I certainly love, you know, a, a Square... You know, you look at Square, you know, Final Fantasy Seven Remake and see all of the yeah. details that goes into that. But then you think how long it takes them to make games like that. And I don't yeah. know if... Like, with, with Falcom Games, I, you know, part of it is... We got a long enough wait because of the localization. Like, I don't want to have yeah. to start waiting <laughs> for the, these incredible... Like, crazy 4K graphics. Like, it's... Yeah. To me, it's it's enough like the, the like you said with the anime look i i don't think it looks outdated yet maybe in a few years when everything else starts looking very high high detail high graphics but then i know Falcom is is starting to go that way anyway because like the newest um yeah uh, legend of heroes games and that's going to be based in Calvert already looks incredible like there's a lot more detail yeah. there so i think you know as as we get into the next seeds games i'm sure we're going to see a, a jump up in the in the graphical fidelity and you know what i think a good comparison
1: for us is going to be we we're we're probably playing Tales of Arise next month or the month after at least we've got copies pre this there's a demo we should probably try the demo first just to see but mm. i think that might be a good litmus test for even just for for Falcom. like look at how the, the Tales games have evolved, you know, and they, they started off definitely, you know, looking at that like this style, like Ease 9 and Ease 8 do. But if they're taking it to the next level, Falcom has to do the same thing right, yeah. with, with the next Ease game. And we're probably not that far removed from an announcement of Ease 10, if, if that's the direction they're going to go, if they're going to do remakes, I don't know. Ease um, Origin was a, I think it was a, a Vita game originally, or, or a PSP game, or something like that. But so that doesn't really. Count as much of a remake <laughs> yeah. or maybe more of a remaster, but yep. um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see what Ease 10 is going to look like. Um, hopefully, next year that we maybe we hear something about that. I think it was 2018 when we first heard about Ease 9, I think that's when it was first revealed. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then it came maybe out in soon. Japan, I think 2019. Yep, so if, I guess another question is whether they're going to start moving to worldwide releases or if they're still going to kind of target Japan first and then take their time localizing the games. I don't know, it does feel like. Square is you know, and a lot of other companies have also moved to even Japanese companies have moved to worldwide releases because they you know they I think that's maybe the best way to uh, you know get get the most money that they can the the delay between you know, the original release and then the localization might might hurt sales I don't know I I don't know the economics of it but I feel like worldwide release is definitely something that the fans certainly want yeah. that just a matter of whether falcom has a big enough team or budget to make that happen i don't know
0: yeah we'll have to see cuz uh, they're they're certainly not doing it on the legends of heroes stuff like the delay yeah. in that localization is uh, i yeah, mean those there's are a lot rough. Rough. oh that's a long time like I, I get it's text heavy and stuff but the to have the crossbell arc not coming out until next year when we already have localized versions of and it's the same people like it's literally the same local localization team that that gave us the yeah. free version. That that you I know. think it's
1: just weird that we've got we've got one of those games coming extra, then three in twenty twenty three. Yeah, like, I don't you know. know. Not not to weird. get not to get you know, all Legend of Heroes again, but it's just an odd pattern. But why wouldn't you go like two and two, or like one two and one, or something? I it, I, I don't know. It that might it'll end actually up that do way three with... in twenty twenty three. Mm, yeah, I'm, that seems it'll probably get delayed. Ambitious.
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, and the the one thing though, I guess the, the I think the Eve series, I'd have to look at the actual numbers, but I think the Eve series is a little bit more popular in the West. So that yeah. might uh, perpetuate uh, the worldwide release, mm-hmm. but, or at least maybe yeah. shorten the gap between the Japanese and the worldwide. But I guess we'll have to see, mm-hmm. um, especially, I suppose it, it'll depend on NIS, N-I-S-A, um, uh, on what, like, it, maybe they'll prioritize it or something for mm-hmm. for localization. It's, yeah, we'll have yeah. To, it probably we'll have to depends see. on
1: how how well East Nine did sales wise. I, I I mean I, yeah, I the did. Metacritic. I think it's like an eighty for PS Four, seventy six for on, on Switch, which isn't those numbers aren't bad. But uh, if the sales are there, um, especially if the sales numbers are higher in the West by a significant margin, maybe that maybe that would speak to a possibility of a worldwide release. Frankly, I, I would. Mm-hmm obviously it's easy for me to say, or for us to say, like, it'd be nice to get a worldwide release. And even if they had to delay it, it would be nice if everyone got it at the same time. Cause it does, it, you know, if, if you have to wait a year or two, it is, it does kind of you get to kind of lose its luster a little yes. bit because <laughs> you know the game just the way games can look in a year or two can be a, a world of difference. Yeah. So why not take all that time, kind of combine you know the, do do the English and Japanese at the same time, uh, you know make sure you've got you know all the best technology when you release it on you know probably you know PS Five Switch. I, I don't know if they do. Uh, Xbox releases. They they would do Steam, I guess, but I don't know if they would ever consider doing Xbox as well.
0: Yeah, that was one of the jokes about uh, when when Ease Nine was coming out, uh, NISA said on all available on all platforms and then uh, all all but Xbox. <laughs> yeah, except Xbox that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. So,
1: sorry Xbox, you gotta play on PC. Yep. Yeah,
0: right. This is the last call for alcohol this evening up, drink up, drink up, and
1: order again.
0: This is the last call for alcohol. Get going. Uh, but yeah, this is a great segue actually into our last call, which is uh, exactly uh, what we're talking about here, which is what yeah. we think Eve's 10 should look like. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny that you, Jordan, had just finished a, a, a series that kind of had a similar lifespan, where it's, get, you know, getting up into the I guess the Yakuza is in the you know, 8 or 9 or 10th I can't, I'm not even sure what, like, a dragon, like, the actual number is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, because if you think about, if you think about the... Uh, the fact that there's a zero, so that automatically adds a number. And yep. then there's, there's been kind of so remasters five as well. Like and
0: Kwamis. The and... games
1: originally came out on PS2, right? There's yeah. the Kiwamis, There's a, There was a, a zombie or a horror spin off. I think <laughs> yeah. it's called Dead Souls or something like that. Um, and then you've got the Judgment games now, uh, Judgment right? and then um, mm. uh, Lost Judgment, which are also kind of in that same universe. They, they take place basically in the same area, right? So um, they're spiritual successors, I suppose, or like a new kind of timeline, I guess, so to speak. Mm. But yeah, I mean, there's, let's there's been about 10 or 10 or 11 yakuza games um, and then with with you, what, what could be because seven or eight in like a dragon, they decide to do this wild departure, right? And go go to the turn based format where you have you have a party of people fight, uh, fighting with you. It's not just Kiryu, it's not just uh, one person. Or maybe you're switching between Kiryu um, and Majima or something like that. But uh, no, you've got you've got Ichiban, uh, who's the main character of um, yeah, because like a dragon. Then you've got three party members. You can then there's other party members that you get. You can switch them in and out. Um, they all have you know they all level. It, it's a very traditional RPG put into the Yakuza universe. I would I almost kind of would love to see and I, I think this it was a great change, you know, a, a great departure that still maintains the flavor and essence of Yakuza, but we, you know with this kind of like you know really wacky humor, um you know just tons of things to do, tons of mini games, a world that really feels alive but it it does again like like you were mentioning with Balduke, it feels open like i'd love to see maybe is do more like that like a, a bigger more open world not super big you know but like yakuza is not a super big um so you're you're in um Ijinsho, which is i guess yokohama Yujincho is not big. You eventually in Yakuza 7 you event, or Yakuza cuz like a dragon you eventually go to Kamurocho, which was the setting for the original Yakuza games, uh, and you also go to Sotenbury, which is uh, I guess I think it's supposed to be Osaka. Um, and that is uh, another I think in Yakuza 0 you go to Sotenbury. So it's kind of taken these places you've been to in previous Yakuza games and thrown them all together with this new area. And it feels really big just those three areas alone. Like they're they're not they're not Skyrim, they're not Xenoblade X it still feels just kind of full of stuff to do. And I wonder if that's a direction that ease nine could go. I certainly wouldn't want ease to go turn-based. I don't think that is the solution. I think the combat is already so good. But maybe if it could go and just change the environment that you're exploring, make it more, um, you know, keep keep the t- same types of side quests, but maybe have just more more people you're running into, more side quests. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they. I don't know if you could do mini games and ease, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just just a, a world that feels a little bit more alive. Like Baldur's, still to me, it still felt a little bit stale. Even if you could go to different places and you know see different people, it still didn't have the Liveliness that, um, Eugene Cho does in, uh, Like a Dragon. So, um, I don't know. I'd like to see something like that. I think, I think you, you make, you make kind of not a, not a full 180, but you make like a 90 degree shift, you know, and you keep what works really well, and then you experiment with a couple things that you know have worked in other games. You know, maybe it could even borrow some of the things from, um, from the Cool Steel games, for example, you know, the way that, um, you go to a different you know, different part of the city and you've got you know you have these very involved side quests with multiple steps or something like that that you get really into for like 30 minutes or an hour or something like that then you come out of it and you continue on with the main story everything in ease at least in ease 9 and 8 is very expedited everything is very it's meant to be very fast you don't really spend too much time doing one thing you before you go on to the next one so yeah maybe just some more involved activities like you see in uh the recent yakuza games
0: yeah i'd I'd have to agree with that like i i don't think uh departing from the combat system is a good yeah because it's just it's so great that i think yeah they got to kind of stick with keep that because that's obviously working uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I could. Kind of looking at Eve's Nine and and the environment, that whole area outside of Balduk I didn't need any of that. <laughs> so yeah. so if we're talking about like the amount of data that's involved in in the game, like if they had to taken all of the data that could have been that would have been on used on the outside and then just made more content inside the city, I think I would have preferred that. Like whether it just requires like putting more NPCs. Uh, that that might be the, the way to go is just to, to, like you said, by making the city more lively, like putting more people in it, creating more side quests, uh, you know, because, because, yeah, I think it, it just needs more, uh, uh, more expor- exploration. It'll be interesting to see uh-huh. what they do, because the Monstrum Powers had such an effect on the, on, on how good it was to explore and now I'm thinking, yeah. like, how how do you recreate that without recreating Ease nine? Like, it, it's mm-hmm. gonna be interesting to see where they go. Like, if they go a more science based route, maybe like they they go to a city and there's like some kind of scientist that that gives you like different things to to help you get around the city or i don't know yeah. like but
1: like technology rather like equipment rather than powers that you have like yeah maybe you maybe you ride a bike around you fly like you fly some kind of contraption or something or a jet pack or
0: something i don't really yeah, like, like, you like you an use, eat glider or something like
1: yeah, they they always see, you know skew more fantasy than than science. But yeah. you could always go like heavy cyberpunk or something like that. Or, uh, sorry, not cyberpunk, uh, steampunk. Yeah, you know, like, that, that'd be a cool that'd be a cool backdrop for an ease game. I think I don't know if they've done that in one of the previous Ooh, games. But, steampunk uh, city. You could definitely see you could definitely see something like that, right?
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty cool if they went to like some major city and and there was like the steampunk vibe to it and and yeah. yeah, like they had stuff like that, like maybe some kind of vehicles or something that that were all Steampunkish or flying around in a blimp or something—I don't know. Like.
1: I think I think something I'd like from an ease game, and I don't know that we really got it in ease eight or nine, was just a more central villain. I feel like the the ah, villain yes. or the antagonist is kind of just the the situation you're in. Like you're fighting against the uh, I don't know the captain of the guard <laughs> like yeah. in, in in this game. Like it doesn't, you don't feel like a really central antagonist is in your way. It's kind of like you just figuring out this mystery. And the same thing with Ease 8, it was just trying to get off the island. Like yeah. you're not really fight you there are mysteries to solve and there are things, you know, people to fight, but you don't feel a strong like sense of antagonism or opposition from any one party. So I think maybe a central figure that is in your way, that is if someone keeps popping up and constantly you know causing you headaches, and they're they're very strong or they're becoming stronger, and you're competing with them, I think Adol is a good character to have someone to face off with like that. But you don't really get that in these two games, so I I think in in Ten I'd love to see a story centered around rather than just Adol the adventurer. You know, who get you know just happens to fall into another mystery to solve. I guess this is like Scooby Doo or something. Let's have like a a more you know, Kefka esque type of villain, you know, someone really diabolical and, you know, maybe 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 the tone could shift. Like the tone could be a little bit darker. Like Ease Nine already moved it darker. You could go another step further, right? You could take it even more to that. Like it sounds like they might be doing that with Dragon Quest twelve, going a little bit darker maybe. So maybe uh, you know, react the same way with Ease Ten. I think that'd be neat.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something like Falcom in general hasn't been great at like when when yeah. I'm even thinking of like v- villains across all of their games, like it can't really come up. The, the only one that I that stands out to me as like a really good villain is uh, Weiss uh, Weissman Weissman from uh, the Trails in the Sky. Like the first two, mm-hmm. like yeah. that that character really stood out as like an evil an evil character with a lot of power. The, like the the yeah. pure antagonist. And I I guess it's even not even so much the first trails. It's really like centralized on Trails in the Sky second chapter, uh, that you really it's, see it's the funny. full power of the the villain. And that's kind of like the yeah. only one I could think of. Like you could kind of make an argument about um the the blood and iron chancellor there and Trails of the Trails yeah. of Cold Steel. Yeah. But
1: I think I think you could. But again, a lot of the games or a lot of the games in that series, he's in the background, right? You yeah. don't really spend a lot of time with him, so he he appears every now and again. But I wouldn't say he's like central throughout. It's you know, it's still like the the carefree like school days. We're going on an expedition. Yeah. Let's not solve and the not in the
0: really city, antagonizing right? the the heroes to a certain no, degree either. It's more just no, like no, a no. roadblock as opposed to like. I want to kill yeah. you. <laughs> like it's not. No. For not sure, for sure. They they never really have like pure evil figure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think they I I think you could take some cues from other games where they do have someone that um you know kind of just from the get go is like your a, a rival maybe a rival that rises to power with you would yeah. be cool like we don't really see anything like that like Adol doesn't really have a a proper foil you know he's he's got a lot of friends and allies and. There are opponents you fight, but none of them feel like they live up to him. Mm-hmm. So that that's something I'd like to see. Like you 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 have Kane, you have Cain, you have sorry, you have Cecil and Cain and Golbez. There's kind of that 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 triangle there of rival slash like you know constantly foreboding figure. You get everything there. Um, you know, Chrono Trigger has it with Lavos is constantly in the background and he is imposing because he, you know, he destroys the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know, you go to the time period where he has destroyed the world. Like it's, that is an ever present threat, but yeah, I, I think these games could do a little bit more with that. I'd, I'd like to see that. And th- that would be a change. Like you, they don't need it, yeah. but if you were looking, if we're talking about ways to change East 10, potentially for the better, that is one thing they could do.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, just yeah. like Sephiroth uh, constantly antagonizing cloud yes, throughout yes. the game like yeah they really it, it, i i think it would be where i want to see it go for sure is yeah the, that'd be a neat change for sure yeah well i think that uh just about does it for Ease nine if you want to bring it home jordan
1: yeah yeah yeah, no problem. So, uh, thanks everybody for listening. I know uh, uh, I think we'd been talking about e- doing an episode on E9 for a little while. We finally got a chance to make that happen, but we will have more kind of dedicated uh, game episodes going forward, hopefully, with more of the uh, regular members of the crew and some special guests when we can get them on. Um, you know you guys know where to find us now podcast players you know leave us a review tell your friends about us uh you know subscribe obviously if you haven't Uh, we've got a patreon uh you know the discord you know discord's always very lively there's there's tons of individual games with discord channels uh on our discord that people are you know sharing their thoughts about and including the final fantasy pixel remasters that uh, dave has been playing through as well um yeah <laughs> there's uh there's always something to talk about in the mage you know whether that's through uh, connections with the podcast or the discord uh you know if, you, if you're able to join the patreon we'd love to have you um we've got uh an exclusive uh episode for patreon members the ab time episodes i hope i'll hope to pop in on another one soon we did david and i did one on persona 4 gold in a spoiler cast you can check that out if you're a patreon member um what we, uh, David and I are going to talk about some plans for upcoming episodes. <laughs> I think we're. I think we we, we we've uh you know, we haven't had a planning session in a little while, so we're going to do a little bit of that. Uh, so I can't give you too much of a preview. But David, do we know what uh you know next week or the week after? I know we're gonna we're talking about doing an episode on Bug Fables. We'll probably do yeah. one on Tales of a Rise again. The demo just came out for that. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Uh, so we we got yeah. I guess it would be upcoming games. They don't know exactly when we'll have the episode, but like you said, we got Bug Fables. Um, I'll be tr- starting Thirteen Sentinels, so we'll have that one.
1: Yeah, so we'll do, we're going to do that. Yeah. We've got a crossover with uh, Talk Nintendo podcast. We're going to talk about Samus Returns. Yeah, uh, I just got a copy of that from a friend, so I'm looking forward to getting to that as we kind of get ready for Metroid Dread coming in October. We'll do a we'll do a Metroid game in, in September. Um, I think what we're trying to say here, maybe not in so many <laughs> words, is that we'd love to get some suggestions from yeah. people. You know, f- and on the Discord, you know, patron members, you know, fans on Twitter, listening out there, if you want to leave a review. On, on whatever podcast catcher you're using, uh, leave us a review of a game you'd love to hear us cover, or some maybe thoughts about uh, upcoming episodes that you'd like to hear. You know, we are definitely all ears. Uh, but it's it's it's, it's kind of nice when we're at the end. We've already done a lot of planning. We've kind of gone through all that content where we're now kind of in the middle of a planning phase over the next month or so. Uh, it's a great time to send suggestions. So please let us know what you want to hear us talk about. You know, we're we're very very open to those. So uh, yeah we'd love the feedback.
0: Yeah, perfect. I think. I think think that'll
1: take us to the end. Yeah, I think that's it, right? My my pleading for for suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. So, thanks again, everybody, for listening, uh, and we will catch you again soon on the Thirsty Mage. Thanks. Have a good night.
0: Bye.